Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning. It's 830 on Wednesday, May 2nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, two U.S. senators and a Mississippi congressman disagree on new federal tax breaks. Do they help or hurt Mississippians? Then the State Medical Association is supporting a higher cigarette tax. They say spending the money fixing roads and bridges. I see this as more of a public health initiative. The lawmakers are going to look at the potential revenue stream, but I see the opportunity to save in the Medicaid population $4.25 million over five years. That's just in the Medicaid population. And after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, learn how Mississippi fares in a new report on mothers and their new babies. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Members of Mississippi's congressional delegation are disagreeing on the impact of the new federal tax law. Democrats and Republicans see different outcomes from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. It was passed by the majority Republican Congress and has already gone into effect. Republicans say the bill will lower most individual and business taxes, helping corporations expand. Mississippi Democratic Congressman Benny Thompson says it's harming middle class individuals more than it's helping. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood more. First of all, the process by which the tax bill was brought to the floor was flawed. We had no hearings. We heard from no witnesses. The bill went from Paul Ryan as speaker straight to the floor. So normally, the last time we had a tax bill, which was almost 20 years ago, Uh, We had over 200 witnesses. We had over 30 hearings in committee where people could come and offer suggestions as to how to improve it, how it would be harmful. And that's how a bill really becomes a law. Uh, None of that was followed with this bill. And so ultimately, Republican leadership passed it, and basically it's benefited Uh, the 1% in America, those individuals and corporations that were already wealthy, got more money uh, back off the tax bill. Now, the problem we face right now is someone is going to have to pay for it. And what Speaker Ryan uh, was talking about before he decided that he's not going to run again uh, is that he plans to cut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Well, you would say, why would you harm the most vulnerable people in America? Social Security is a retirement program and a disability program. Uh, Most of the people in Mississippi depend on that Social Security check in their retirement years, many of whom that's the only check they get. Well, if you're talking about limiting uh, that income, you're talking about hurting families. 
So we're going to work against that. Medicaid. Medicaid is a program uh, primarily for children as well as people who are disabled. And to try to cut the benefit of those programs, uh, as you know, a lot of the Medicaid monies go toward nursing home care. Well, with the price of nursing home care, what it is in this country, uh, you are actually uh, putting those patients in nursing home at risk of either being uh, put out and not cared for, or basically it's a death sentence. So uh, I'm not a fan of the Republican tax bill. Everything that I've seen since this passage say that those companies that made the money off the tax bill did not reinvest in the economy. They did not help their employees by giving raises and other things. So basically, the rich got richer off the tax bill to the detriment of the working men and women of this country, as well as those who are retired, who are seniors. Mississippi Congressman Benny Thompson with MPB's Ashley Norwood. Republican Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker says major programs will not be affected. Uh, We're going to protect Medicaid, uh, Medicare, and Social Security, those three uh, mandatory programs that that so many people depend on, that my my dad depends on, uh, that we'll all depend on someday. Uh, So I don't don't think that's the choice at all. Uh, I, I do think what we're seeing... Uh, based on the tax cut, is uh, is bonuses coming from companies that, that are able to do that. We're seeing less withholding coming out of workers' pockets, and we're seeing higher minimum wages from company to company to company. Add to that what it's going to do to the economy, and I think it's a great issue to run on. With regard to your following up on the last question, um, this tax cut was passed under the reconciliation process under the narrowest of margins. Every single Democrat in the United States Senate voted no, is my recollection. And, uh, it, and uh, so this tax relief that, that creates jobs and puts more uh, money in the pockets of, of Americans would not be a reality um, if, um, if we had not maintained the majority in the United States Senate. It's that sort of thing that's at stake. There'll be another vacancy to the Supreme Court. Um, it's very likely that that, that, that uh, Supreme Court nominee might be confirmed uh, by one or two votes. The vice president might have to come in and break the tie. So uh, the, the majority in the United States Senate uh, means everything if you want a conservative Supreme Court, if you want a conservative judiciary, if you, uh, if you want the, the tax cuts uh, to remain on the books. Um, if you want the regulatory burden that's kept uh, jobs from being created to be lifted, uh, all of those things are being done now by the narrowest of margins in the U.S. Senate. So the, this November, uh, all of that is at stake. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker. Senate Republican Conference Chairman John Thune of South Dakota was in the state attending fundraising events ahead of midterm elections. He says it could take time to see the full impact of the cuts. Yeah, you know, and, and we have members who are kind of have different views on the on the tax reform, even when it was going through. And and Marco's priority at the time was really um, expanding dramatically the child tax credit and the refundable component of that. 
But I think if you look at the overall numbers and what we're seeing already, and I think you're going to see a lot more. I think there will be several waves of this. But the first wave, uh, Bloomberg just had a story out last week that uh, CapEx was up for those companies that have reported earnings up 39 percent already uh, since the passage of the tax bill. And so that's what we want to see happen. We want to see companies pumping it back in, expanding and growing their businesses, creating those good-paying jobs and raising wages. So I think it'll take some time before we'll see the full effect of it. But, you know, we have different members who have different points of view about what they want to highlight, what they want to emphasize in the tax bill. But I think in terms of the, uh, the overall impact, uh, not only has it been positive on individuals and families uh, in the early going, but I think you're already starting to see that real ramp up when it comes to businesses expanding their operations. South Dakota Senator John Thune. Coming up, the State Medical Association is supporting a higher cigarette tax. They say spend the money fixing roads and bridges. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Southern Roots music favorite Paul Thorne, along with the legendary Blind Boys of Alabama and special guests, live in concert. Paul Thorne's Mission Temple Fireworks Revival, premiering May 7th at 8.30 on MPB Television. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Medical professionals in Mississippi are calling for a special legislative session to raise the tobacco tax. They say a new tax would cut down on smoking and generate money for infrastructure. An increase in the tax on cigarettes by $1.50 per pack would bring in an estimated $166 million to the state each year, according to the Mississippi State Medical Association. MSMA President Dr. William Grantham tells MPB's Mark Rigsby the money generated can be used to fund critical needs like infrastructure. In the regular session, uh, there was a lot of momentum that was gained uh, on both sides uh, of the aisle for consideration of a tobacco tax. Uh, it did not make it through ultimately, and now with the need for revenue for infrastructure, this would be one way to get probably a third of the $400 million that are needed for infrastructure through this tax, uh, a increase in a, the tax on a pack of cigarettes by $1.50 a pack is supposed to generate in the neighborhood of $166 million annually. So that would help uh, greatly in that regard. And more than a tax, it's really, I would see it as a, a user fee um, to coin it in better terms than just a tax. But it's a huge public health initiative, and if we can get Mississippians to stop smoking, uh, this would be a real win, and this is one way to do that. I remember during the session, we spoke at a press conference about this same topic, and the call was more for getting the tobacco tax passed so that we could stop people from smoking, they would be healthier, and it would also reduce the $1 billion in medical costs that are associated with smoking-related illnesses. Why now is it connected to infrastructure? Anytime legislation and politics, you, you see things morph and change depending on what the perceived needs are or what the needs really are. And in this instance, again, I see this as a 
more of a public health initiative. The lawmakers are going to look at the uh, potential revenue stream, but just as you mentioned, I see the opportunity to save in the Medicaid population $4.25 million over five years. That's just in the Medicaid population. And as you mentioned, a little over a billion in long-term health care costs. Uh, it's a public health initiative for us. The revenue is just um, extra, and initially it was hoped that we could have that revenue go to help fund um, Medicaid, help with the health department needs. So this, for infrastructure, the way I would see it, you're still getting the public health benefits, maybe less money out of the general fund would be needed for those, and so you still maybe indirectly are going to help with the funding for all of our health care needs in this state. The legislation to pass a tobacco tax died uh, during the past session, as you know. What have your discussions been like with lawmakers, as well as, let's say, leadership, the governor's office, as you know also that the governor is the only one that can actually call a special session? In talking with legislators during the regular session, it was apparent that there was bipartisan support, Senator Bryce Wiggins and Senator Simmons, both on opposite sides of the aisle, introduced legislation uh, for the tobacco tax. So uh, there was really good support on both sides, and again, as a public health initiative more than anything. Although um, Senator Wiggins realized that having those revenues available would be a good way to potentially help the Medicaid program. The governor, in talking with him, certainly seemed positive in that this would be uh, an opportunity for us to move public health forward and reap the benefits of some revenue as well. Uh, it ended up, again, I think sort of narrowly not coming out and actually getting voted on during the regular session, but there's still a, a good bit of support uh, this is still in the forefront of many of the legislators' minds, and while the iron is still hot or it's still fresh on their minds, would love to have a venue to get a vote on this and increase the tax. It's not been increased since 2009, and our amount of tax currently is $0.68 cents per pack. Increasing by $1.50 a pack would bring us to 218 The national average, I believe, is $1.71. So we're way off on what our taxation is on the tobacco tax anyway. Dr. William Grantham with the Mississippi State Medical Association, the president of the association. Thanks for being on the program. I appreciate you having me on. Mississippi State Medical Association President Dr. William Grantham with our Mark Rigsby. Republican Senate President Pro Temp. Terry Burton of Newton says he believes a tobacco tax should be used for infrastructure. He tells MPB's Mark Rigsby more. I think if we're going to raise the tobacco tax, that that money should go toward health care issues alone and not be used to build bridges or put down roads or do infrastructure underneath the roads. I think that um, any any increase in the tobacco tax, all money should be spent on trying to uh, address the health issues in the state. There's so many, and we need to, I think, stick to that personally or put it in the general fund, one or the other. I don't think we need to put that toward any other specific 
proposal. Why not? The proposal would raise about $166 million a year, and that would put a great dent in our infrastructure needs. Well, we can address the infrastructure needs with some other uh, means of financing. We had a bill in the Senate this year that did that, a billion dollars over a 10-year period, without raising any taxes. So, I mean, there are ways to address the infrastructure issue without spending money that, that comes from a tobacco tax increase and uh, and it would allow us to more, I think, adequately address the health care issues. You know, our infrastructure needs are great, but our health factors are awful. We've got to do something about that, and if we're going to raise the tobacco tax, all money should go toward that. Give me your gut feeling. Do you think there will be a special session this year to address infrastructure? I am hearing rumblings more and more about a special session, but I don't know that one will be called until some type of prearranged uh, agreement has been made uh, on on how we approach it. We don't want to come in here and be here a month or two months or three months. We want to come in here and get it done in a day or two. That will take some pre-planning. So if we have a special session, that will take place first, I think. Senator Terry Burton, thanks for being on the program. We do appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. State Senate Pro Tem Terry Burton of Newton. Governor Phil Bryant is considering calling a special session to come up with a solution to funding nearly $400 million in road and bridge repairs annually. But he won't bring lawmakers back to the state capitol until the House and Senate can agree on a plan. Coming up, learn how Mississippi fares in a new report on mothers and their new babies. But first, it's a Southern Remedy Health Minute. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Shingles is a very common disease. It's a reactivation of chickenpox that you had earlier in life, and as you know, it can show up as blisters. So the old shingles vaccine was not very effective. That's the one-shot vaccine. Now there is a new vaccine, and uh, you get two shots. You get the first shot, and you get another shot two to six months later, and it is 90 percent effective in preventing shingles. We have never had anything that good for this problem. So anybody who is 50 years of age or older, regardless of whether they've had the old vaccine, needs to go to wherever they get their immunizations and get the Shingrix vaccine. S-H-I-N-G-R-I-C-K phonetically. That's my good news for you. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy on the go with the My Blue mobile app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. More information at bcbsms.com. It's good to be blue. Mississippi Public Broadcasting is pleased to announce an innovative new way you can support us. Change by Soft Giving allows you to round up your change from everyday purchases and donate it to MPB. Sign up today by visiting mpbonline.org support. From there, securely link your credit or debit card information to start rounding up your change. Your contributions allow us to continue providing smart, entertaining, and engaging programming to Mississippians. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
The health of women and children is the latest focus of America's health rankings report. Mississippi scores poorly in most categories, which includes everything from tobacco use, teen suicide, breastfeeding, infant mortality, drug deaths, and teen births. Dr. Charlene Collier is an OBGYN and perinatal health consultant at the State Department of Health. She says Mississippi has the highest incidences of maternal mortality. Mississippi is ranked 50th in this report, and that is due to both our high ranking for infant death as well as maternal death in terms of the the rates that we're seeing there, as well as lower indicators in terms of um, use of preventive care. Um, So Mississippi was among the lowest states for women receiving a well visit nationally. So that also placed us in 50th for for this report. Overall, you know, we've seen this before, of course, with Mississippi ranking at the bottom. And they do make an attempt of recognizing the multiple factors that can contribute to to poorer health outcomes, so um, like tobacco use. Uh, We have seen a decrease in tobacco use nationally as well as in Mississippi among pregnant women, for example. It went down about 12% between 2015 and 16, so that is a good thing. Um, But often it's not enough to quite get us off of the bottom in terms of rankings. Let me ask you about maternal mortality. Is that a woman dying in childbirth? Maternal mortality includes a death of a woman while she's pregnant, so any time during a pregnancy. And then as we look at it, is within a year of after the end of a pregnancy. So Why that, is the rate so high in Mississippi? We are still trying to understand that better, but we do know that heart disease and issues like hypertension increase a woman's likelihood of having um, a bad outcome, including death, and those are some of the leading causes of maternal death. So we have a disproportionate share of people that will, of mothers who, who die from particularly causes related to cardiovascular disease and hypertension. And that is closely tied to the overall health of women as they enter pregnancy. Now, are infants dying because the mothers are not healthy? Is that a direct result? It can contribute. So the leading cause of infant mortality, both in Mississippi and the United States, is preterm birth. So when a baby is born too soon, it is at a very high risk of dying immediately after delivery if it's very, very preterm. We're talking like 22, 23, 24 weeks of pregnancy. Um, Those babies have a very high risk of dying. One of the leading causes of preterm birth is a mother's health. So particularly preeclampsia in Mississippi or high blood pressure will cause um, the safest thing do is to for the baby to be delivered sometimes even to save the life um, of both mom and baby there there is no other option and you end up with a very preterm baby who's at risk of 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 infant death so mom's health absolutely can contribute to uh, the outcomes of the pregnancy, and if it is a preterm birth, that can certainly contribute to to that infant mortality rate. One other thing I do think is really critical is the fact that they do highlight the drug-related deaths, and, and that is something that definitely is going to need more focus. Is that opioid-related that you can typically. tell? Typically, yeah. I mean, they just say drug deaths, but that is commonly what is being referred to uh, when when this problem is being highlighted. And this is something we don't want to lose, you know, we want to keep our eye on as efforts going around the state to better understand the opioid epidemic and impact it. 
and so this is not going to, you know, pregnant women and mothers are not immune to the opioid epidemic, and so therefore neither are babies. So we see higher rates of neonatal abstinence or babies who are born dependent on drugs and having complications related to that, and pregnant women who are going to need treatment when they find themselves pregnant but already had a drug addiction problem. Dr. Charlene Collier is an OBGYN at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and a perinatal health consultant for the Mississippi Department of Health. Dr. Collier, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. The report is available online at americashealthrankings.org. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Think Radio.